I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, hello, hello everybody. Oh, welcome to this very, very special edition of Don't Be a Hero podcast. This is our first highlights episode of phase one. This is the first time we've spiced it up and I am hella excited, Matt. Oh, oh I'm so thrilled. Honestly, I, we're just going to go through today um, the experience we've had with every episode with every film uh we're gonna also later on after this kind of clip we're gonna go through a, a little a cycle of the best bits or the most funniest or entertaining moments that myself and Forrest thought um through the first six episodes of phase one but mate what a journey it's been so far you know oh, oh. oh it is it has been an absolute hoot uh yep. it's i mean Obviously, we're we're recording all of these uh, as of twenty twenty two. So we've had there's been loads of films, and I would say overall, Marvel ha- they've really changed direction with mm. how they how they create their films. I've, I mean, phase, I don't know about you, Matt, but Phase One, if you look at it overall, it's it's like a completely different beast. Yeah. It's, very like and because we're looking at the very first films of a universe so that that universe hasn't been created yet no um it's in baby now, form it's in little tiny baby little tiny marvel baby yeah that's um, so true so so it's like i mean christ we've had a lot of setup a hell of oh. a lot of setup it's all it, it, all the setups being played in this phase you know first phase but I, you know i think what's What's been really lovely, actually, like you say, being in 2022 now, we're in, we're really close to a point where Kevin, good old K-Dog, is about to announce phase five, right? And which is mad, which is maddening. Um, And faith, and it does feel like right now the MCU is turning towards a new, literally a different generation of Mm. MCU fans, a younger generation of MCU fans. And they're going, they might be even sort of resetting that cycle. So it's been really nice to go back to the beginning, to go through that kind of, mate, it's been like super nostalgic for me. Like going through, especially when we went through the first Iron Man and then going through the way through to the first Avengers. Like it's been a real nostalgic kind of element to me where I've been going, oh my God, I literally remember what I was doing, where I was, where I was 
watching that movie, what how I was feeling, and and in my my youth was kind of uh, reflected actually when I was kind of watching these, and I was like, oh, you know what, you know, as as awesome as this is it, you know, this is. I wonder how this will be for younger audiences watching phase one what are you drinking mate <laughs> and they were saying did you hear that did you hear I that did. that was nice um i've got the orange lucas aid oh lovely that's nice i've it's also got an orange drink but it isn't lucas aid it's really weird it's called a vit hit this is one of those drinks that tells you through its marketing that it's healthy but underneath it all I don't know how healthy this is. Scratch away the surface, and that's got mm. more sugar than my Lucasade orange. <laughs> but it's orange, mango, and passion fruit. It's got uh, matcha tea and amino acids in it. Oh, mate. I, there if, you go. I, if I can be honest, Matt, you're looking radiant already, mate. Oh, thank you, mate. Um, but yes, I, you know, this is the thing. Like, this, the whole reason we started this podcast is so we can deep dive into these movies, but also what I'm beginning to not just realise, but just hark back to how genuinely quite special for cinema this mm. is as a whole, to have um, a storyline that is kind of threaded through through countless movies that now even Disney Plus TV shows as well, we've got this whole story arc, this whole universe that's not been uh, explored or created in a way like this before since maybe even Star Wars. Like Star Wars was self-contained to trilogies, right? But with yeah. this, 20, 20 plus movies of talking about the same characters with the same actors playing these characters as well. Okay, favourite film of phase one? <sighs> oh, you're going straight into it. Um... <laughs> well, it's definitely not Incredible Hulk. <laughs> It's definitely what? not. It's definitely not that. Do you know what I've got to say? It's it's most likely the Avengers. Oh, I, it's a toss okay. up between Captain America: First Avenger or the Avengers, but I'm probably leaning towards the First Avengers. Captain America, um, really? Top two. Yeah, I think it was just a really good story. Ooh, all right. interesting. Yeah, a really good story. Like this, this is the thing. Iron Man is really really good and it is a brilliant movie in terms of a superhero movie it does absolutely everything okay so it is definitely up there iron man 2 it's a it's like it's good it, again we were talking about the, the the villain situation there were there were some gripes in there that kind of ruined it for me mm-hmm. the whole the whole kind of yeah incredible hulk we don't need to even mention that but you know we know how problematic that movie is but like thor it was too again for me. I I am of the Taika Waititi uh, editions of, of Thor, so it, this kind of Shakespearean element didn't really kind of resonate with me. So I yeah, so I think Captain America, you know, and the Avengers, maybe the Avengers is my favorite one out of Phase One. Nice. What about yours, nice. mate? I think I'm I'm gonna have to be controversial and go for Thor. I'm afraid, mate. Really, I think I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I. I. I like Thor. I think it. It. There's setup there. Uh, there's setup for the rest of the films. There is um, introduces a new element uh, to the phase. Uh, everything's been planet Earth, uh, and then we get taken out of that. In new element, I really liked uh, the Lord of the Rings inspired introduction. 
prologue that you detested. Uh, <laughs> um, detested also... is a bit harsh, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, no, don't mince your words now, Matt. Uh, <laughs> remember, remember, this is a highlights episode. I can get everything you said back then. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, there's a civilians element that I really enjoyed. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and um, I do, I do love, I did love Loki in that. I know. I think at the time I mentioned about how introduction of Loki was a little bit. They they showed him off to be. Uh, um, he was. They showed that he was going to backstab Thor far too early, and they made yeah. it far too obvious. But him as an introduction, I love the character of Loki, and I think his introduction was great. Um, and I, and like I say, I really like the the Shakespearean elements that Kenneth Branagh brought to it. So. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I think there was just one too many gripes for me. One of which being uh, Thor's original appearance. You know, the fact that he had blonde eyebrows was just too jarring for me. So much so to the point a week ago on our Instagram page, uh, we put up a poll. Uh, and the poll was, which version of Thor do you prefer? Blondie Thor or the Chris clearly didn't want to get into costume, Thor, Ragnarok Thor. Uh, and you know what? I'm quite surprised how close the percentages are. I don't know if you've recently seen them, but I will reveal them now. Okay, so thank you for anybody that's interacted in this <laughs> uh, poll on Instagram and put your votes in. Uh, but Blondie Wig got 44%. And Ragnarok Thor got 56%. So it's quite a middle ground there. That is... It's not not unanimous, that's for sure. No, no, no. I was expecting it to be a landslide on the Ragnarok Thor, but, you know, clearly horses for courses. Uh, Well, I I do thank my uh, strong posse of uh, 40 whatever percent (laughs) of voters. Um, also, the voters who didn't give it to us. <laughs> but I tell you what, what we what we should do, Forrest, yeah. what we should do is put out a poll uh, uh, on this week's episode so that while you're listening right now, what you'll probably see on Instagram in our highlights is another poll of which of your phase one MCU movie is your favourite. So choose your favourite oh, yeah. out of the six and let us know and we'll reveal kind of uh, the polls uh, one of our next episodes as well or maybe our next highlights episode even i tell you what forest what we do need to do go through our emails yes we do i just i was just gearing up ready for that myself uh so uh believe it or not uh we got a couple Ooh. Oh, Ooh. so we've uh yes we've uh gone through our emails and we've decided uh which ones we're we gonna uh have a little have a little discussion about. Okay. Um, so this is uh, from one of our dear listeners, Ed, uh, this email. Big shout out to Ed. Um, he says, afternoon, gents. I've just binged all of your episodes. Oh, congrats that's on <laughs> Straight off the bat, a lot Amazing. of commitment there. Uh, congrats on a lovely listen. Uh, reminiscent of Derek and Clive. Perhaps a too too old a reference for you. It won't be too old for you, will it, Matt? You're, I'm sure you remember oh, sitting. Yeah, 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 Derek and Clive. You don't, you don't know who they are. Do I know Derek and Clive, oh, mate? 
I am. I can see yes. in your eyes. You have they absolutely are. no idea. Derek and go, yes, I'm big fans of Derek. The old Derek and Clive O yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old okay. Part, partners in crime. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Derek and Clive. Love them. Uh, you're both. It's very, very old, mate. It's, it's, um, it's a very old, I think it's 70s comedy duo. Sticking into your childhood there, mate. Um, <laughs> you're both charming with your enthusiasm for the MCU and the irritations you both find within the films. Also love how through the excitement you get character names wrong. That is a... Hang on a minute, Ed. I just, <laughs> me and Matt are nothing but thorough and completely oh. factual in everything we say. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we, uh, we, we, we try, Ed. We try to be the best we can be, but unfortunately, we're not heroes. <laughs> that we're not. You go, uh, but he does. He does. He redeems himself. Ed, you, go, you guys make Amazing. me laugh, agree, and disagree with you. What every podcast should be doing. That's exactly what we need. We need. We need conflicting opinions, and they need to be heard as well. Absolutely. Sorry, I need I... to shut the fuck up and just let you read this email. <laughs> Uh, I think the MCU did, did shortchange themselves by not having enough Obadiah. Definitely Good. could have seen him pop again either in Multiverse of Madness or other properties. After all, no one dies in sci-fi. Perhaps he'll return as a protagonist in the Ironheart TV series where a young Riri Williams will bring a, back a woman in a can. Oh, Okay. I like that. And Incredible Hulk had its issues, but not my least favourite of the bunch. It suffers from a poor second act, unusual trope that the MCU still finds itself in sometimes by having a villain with exactly the same powers as the hero. See Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Ant-Man, Black Panther, The Winter Soldier, Doctor Strange and so on. Really looking forward to hearing your takes on Avengers Assemble, my second favourite MCU film, and would mm. love to be a guest sometime in the future if you ever wanted a third nut to get their geek on with you. Absolutely. Thanks to the Amazing. He says, that... don't stop creating. Oh, do you know what, Ed? That is the the perfect first email. That is literally, if, that's, if there's a template, people, listeners, dear listeners, if there is a template... <laughs> That you need to use in terms of uh, setting an email. That's exactly it. Ed, you smashed that. Thank you. Three paragraphs. Three paragraphs of compliments. One little snidey remark. And uh, (laughs) some lovely contributions to their opinions. Brings us up. Brings us down. Finds the middle ground. We're still humble. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. No, that's good. Really good opinions there. I think... um, I, I, I'm really, I'm really interested to see if they do bring back a lot of these kind of phase one characters that haven't really been appearing or have appeared in phase two, three, and four, and they might come into these Disney Plus series and stuff. Because um, mm. I wonder, because they're there, those those kind of journeys and characters that are established already. Why not use them? Do you know what I mean? If they can be used to sort of strengthen the the thread as much as possible but yeah cool exactly that we me and matt would will always want more obadiah mm. um that character was absolutely not using enough 100 100 um, cool next email 
Next email. So this one takes us all the way back to the Incredible Hulk. Oh. Uh, so this is from a, a good listener. A good listener? This, this one's from a listener called Nathan. Uh, he says, Hi chaps, thoroughly enjoyed episode two of the podcast, though I'd weigh in on, inc- uh, I thought I'd weigh in on Incredible Hulk as requested. He's got, he's, all right, so Nathan's gone for the good stuff and the bad stuff. Oh, okay, cool. I like the way he has self-moderated and self-edited his email. It's very good. Makes it easy for us. Would you like the bad stuff first or the good stuff first, Matt? Oh, let's go straight to the bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you, the kind you of thought I was gonna say good. people we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> bring us a shit. Yeah. Uh, so, bad stuff. Completely agree with everything said. This one doesn't feel like a true MCU film and is a tough watch. It's clear it was a nightmare to make and I rank mm. it squarely at the bottom. Very yeah, frank. Big time. Uh, gotta agree with Forrest. Sorry, Matt. Liv Tyler's performance in this film is big time naff. Probably, uh, probably my least favourite performance in Phase 1. Paltrow... Nathan. And Portman are both better, though Ailey Atwell is the best Phase 1 love interest by a mile. I've got to agree with the Hayley Atwell love interest, but, I mean, it's not Liv Tyler's fault, guys. I've One, got to, I've got to stick... One, <laughs> I've got to stick with it. One, Paul writing. <laughs> One nil to Forrest. Just, uh, so Forrest is literally doing some sort of jig. It's like the robot. But I, I, intertwined no, with something else. I'm not going to be one of these people who reads emails that agree with my opinions and get too right. carried away. No. Um, but mm-hmm. I do just want to say, on this occasion, one nil to Forrest. <laughs> well, um, yes, I I thoroughly agree, Nathan. I think Liv Tyler's performance is big time naff. Um... Fine. All right. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> let's let's see let's see if it carries on. Next, um, General Ross is too one-dimensional. Oh, this email is absolutely with all of my opinions, isn't it? General Ross is too one-dimensional, but they fix that later on by bringing him back in later films as different than just man with walkie-talkie. I think I remember you mentioning that actually. Yeah, is that what yeah. you said? You 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 preferred him later on. That's it. That I think he's his character i think do you know what i don't know if i did say or whether i did it didn't make the cut i can't remember but i do agree with that i feel like he's his character does deepen towards the end and with his with his next appearances in in the other phases as well in other movies you kind of you kind of get where he's coming from a little bit more but yeah i think yeah again it's just the writing man it was all it was all over the place all over the place talking about the writing so the next thing a uh, bit of a clarification from nathan so thanks for this it says uh, they do mention abomination on screen but it's through some of the clunkiest dialogue in the film samuel stearns uh who we meet i believe later in the film uh says something along the lines of the experiment on blonsky could be an abomination yep now I uh, was sent this actually uh, uh, to sort of look up because I was also told this, um, and it is very. It's, Forest mate, it's true. 
they do mention it they do mention it at a certain point but you're nathan is so right it is through the clunkiest bit of script work because it, you blink and you miss it mate like it is literally that kind of thing you have to really listen out for it but again if that was the case then make it do it prop literally say it and say it with conviction and so the audience can understand and hear that and go ah oh, okay and it's a nod it's fine if it's a nod make it a bloody nod don't sweep it under the rug we are soon going to see abomination aren't we it is happening yes it yeah, is we are yes, it is <laughs> we We've... are yeah. yeah, and it will be very interesting once we get the return of Abomination in um, She Hulk. That's it. She Hulk. Yeah. Um, be very interesting whether we start to hear Abomination far more and how how Blonsky's introduced as the Abomination. Mm. Look forward to that. Interesting. Uh, last thing: uh, the film has the oldest never follow up followed up plot thread in the MCU which is Samuel Stearns collapsing into a pool of Hulk's blood and his forehead starting to mutate. In the comics, he becomes the leader, but they clearly thought this film wasn't worth following up. Would be cool if it's mentioned in She-Hulk. Yeah, that's true. So I I, um, I, I wonder whether that was something that they were going to try and throw into a sequel if this, was ever go- if this Hulk thing was ever going to kick off. Uh, and, and become more successful um, because it was definitely it was definitely leaning towards what the comics um, wrote about that character mm. oh yeah and it, 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 in the end of the film you don't you don't include those shots unless you're thinking right we'll, we'll carry no, this yeah, on yeah 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 so, exactly. um, yeah the good stuff so the last bit of uh, well the first bit of Nathan's email but you went straight to the bad stuff uh, he says, uh, good stuff. The sequence near the beginning where the military are after him in Brazil and he first hulks out and it's done all in the shadows. Perfection, Nathan. Burns. Oh, yeah. And do you know what? I agree. It is actually quite cool. Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> the good stuff. He appears in like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it is an incredible last scene, though. Know, last uh, little. It's a good link. Scene, good link. Mate. Pizza eating college student that is glimpsed when they first meet Mr. Blue is the same actor as Mr. Harrington, Spidey's teacher in his three solo films. Pure fluke, but they've canonised it's the same guy, and I enjoy this. Yes! I didn't know they canonised that. I knew it was the I knew it was the same actor, but I didn't know literally. So it's the same role. It's the same. According to our, according to this email from Nathan, apparently I think, um, I mean I can't I can't, uh, you know. See so would be so so, Nathan, are you listening, Nathan? Nathan, I want you to just kind of lean in, all right, and listen very carefully. So because this is a question for you, mate. So does this mean? That the Incredible Hulk lives in talking. We're talking about multiversal stuff here. So does the, the Incredible Hulk, that film, that that universe, live in the same universe as the original Spider-Man, as in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? Is that part of that same mm. universe? Because to me, that suggests that that it is, which then then excuses introducing Hulk into the Avengers as a 616 
Hulk because the, that's a different Earth that we were actually watching in Incredible Hulk. Ooh, mate. Let's 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 oh oh let me let me know if I, if I'm thinking right there, Nathan. But that's cool. Like that. There we go. Thank you so much for that, Nathan. Nathan ends by saying, also worth noting that Abomination doesn't die. Not sure how to be fair, as he is back for Shang-Chi and She-Hulk. Abomination's oh. in Shang-Chi. Is it the, the new one? Is there a second one? Yeah, but that's not even been in it. Okay, all right. It must, it's got to be this. He wasn't in the first Shang-Chi. He wasn't in the first one. No. Um... Uh, he said, keep them coming. Nathan, a.k.a. one listener, though I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> oh. oh, no, sh- no, no, they w- no, sorry, mate. What? Abs- they absolutely were. Shut up. Well, no, Abomination was in Shang-Chi. Sh- Abomination was in Shang-Chi because he was in the cage. In the fight scene, bit. In the fight scene. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, I need to get myself. This is this is happening all within the pocket. This is amazing, mate. I love this. This is great. This is great. And I think, do you know what's awesome? And this is exactly the perfect example of why the MCU is so amazing. Is that there is this massive, massive community of Marvel fans that just go, well, yeah, there's also this moment. There's also this moment. And then you kind of, you, you talk about all the bits that you missed in the Easter eggs. There's so many Easter eggs in this kind of universe. And yeah, of course, of course. I mean, I've only seen Shang-Chi once and when it came out and yeah, there's a fight scene. Oh my God. That is in a complete scene. Shang-Chi is a maddening film though. It's really good. Gosh, Shang-Chi, it, that is by far my favourite film with that face. Yeah. Right, buddy. I, we, we've been talking for a long time. We've still got some highlights to show you people. Um, so <laughs> we'll see We'll see how long this episode is. But um, these are the highlights from phase one of the MCU. Now, next week, we kick off phase two with Iron Man 3. We cannot wait to get going with phase two. Thank you for sticking with us. You keep listening. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your grand, tell your friends, tell your neighbours about this podcast, because we're going to go in hot, mate. We're going in hot. All right. And drop us an email. Don't be a hero podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you on the other side. Enjoy the highlights. Take it easy. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Okay. Movie. Right, the Iron Man. Right. So on the tomato meter, 94%. That's high. Is it? That's that's high. that's that's like rare, isn't it? Well, not I'm I'm an IMDB kind of guy. I don't Are I, you? Yeah, do you I everyone, everyone goes to Rotten Tomatoes. I thought Rotten Tomato was that was the thing that people go to and go, what's the rating there? Oh, really? Isn't it like measured on like fan votes? Uh, so fan, the fan one, so it's got two here. It's got a tomato meter. That must be critics. 94%. Yeah. And then an audience score of 91%, which I can only imagine is very high. That's still very, very high, isn't it? That must, that, if anything, that'd be more high because that's, you know, within that, you're going to have some idiots who've just gone, well, oh, I feel 20%. Absolute shit. Absolute the, shit. DC purists. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, Batman. Batman who bloody died. Oh, much better than this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no. I just want to watch I mean, a, a man wearing a silly little cape and, you know, talking about, you know, uh, getting a joker and singing. You know, you hate his voice, don't you? You would, we, we recently went and watched the oh. new Batman movie with oh. Robert Pattinson. I never thought in my life I'd ever say that, but Robert Pattinson playing in that role, equally a good film, but you were really pissed off by his voice, weren't you? Absolutely, well. <laughs> but it wasn't even wasn't even the depth of the... It was the... It's whispering. Do not be... You're outside with no one around. There's no reason... Yeah, Batman, we need to... Uh, Batman, we, we got to find out who did this, Batman. <laughs> got any ideas? Who the fuck? No one's there. Just open your mouth. Oh, my God. Oh, that is, the whole, that is a whole can of whoop-ass you've just opened there, man. I, I am so entertained by your pure hatred for Batman's voice. I've got a question, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were Tony Stark, right... Not it's not a million million you know miles away, mate. Rich, successful, <laughs> good looking, Robert Devish, Dan, yeah. devishly handsome, mate. If you, well, you're not Iron Man yet. If you were Tony Stark in that cave, right, and you were forced to build this Jericho missile, would you actually do it? Would you do it? But have I got the ability to do what he did do? Yeah. Say you've got his, you've got yeah, you've got everything that he possesses. Uh, ooh. would I make the missile? Would you? But but like taking the hero element out of it, mm. you're you're being threatened by terrorists, right? Oh yeah, uh, and this 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 is going to lean quite quickly into probably my most puzzled during the entire film. Um, but to answer your question quickly before I do so. I, uh, I absolutely you're not. You're going to make the bomb, aren't you? You're you are hundred oh, yeah. terrified, mate. It's poopy you're, pants time. That you're going to make that bomb, and you're going to say, "Can I please leave now?" And you're probably not going to leave in in one piece, but you'll do everything you can to do that, right? Abs- absolutely, and that's okay. And I just I just want the listener, the one listener that is listening, <laughs> to know that that's okay. Yeah, if yeah, you don't... are cornered <laughs> by terrorists. <laughs> In a cave and don't being be an told idiot. Don't exactly be, don't, don't be an be, idiot. Don't be an idiot. Don't be a fucking hero. Christ alive. 
What? Could you imagine? This movie's got nothing to do with heroes. I mean, come on. I think the world would forgive you if it caused, you know, nuclear war, for, like fallout. Just, just get out of there, mate. Just do what you're asked to do, for God's sake. Why would they have CCTV? I don't, <laughs> in a cave like that. Who, how else are they bringing in? They're going, do you know what? We need to keep bloody good eye on them. How are they getting the CCTV? There's so many questions about, and that, I honestly spoil at least five minutes of the movie for me. I, I'd like to think that you would do a better job than John Favreau, mate. Oh, that, I mean, out of all of the like things in the film that could make you think that's not realistic, obvious, I'm not going, fuck me, was there, a, you know, how did he make a suit that he could fly in? Like, I'm not, I'm just going, the CCTV bit really took it away from mm. me. I mean, put, I'm... <laughs> He's 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 putting a leg on. You're sat there in the cinema and you're like, oh, I'm out. Oh, I'm, I'm out. Me, I'm I was I was so for this film. CCTV in a cat. No, not what buying it. In not a cat. Where's the signal coming from? Where's the signal coming from in the cat? Oh yeah, bloody good Wi-Fi down here. I can see just what's going on. Um, I'm gonna go with my first gripe. Yep. on the movie yep. and unfortunately this gripe kind of continues all the way through to Endgame um, is gripe. well it's Gwyneth Paltrow oh really I think <laughs> she and I'm, I don't know if this is controversial or not but I'm just going to flip and say it I don't think she's very good oh, oh. I, I don't I don't I don't I think she's charmless I think it's 2D I don't think her character really develops until Infinity War, maybe. Mm. And by that time for me, it's too fuck, it's too late, mate. You had three Iron Man movies. And the other thing is in her press tours, she doesn't watch the movies. She didn't even know who Tom Holland was when she did like a press conference tours with it. She didn't even know she was in the Spider-Man movie. She just thought she was just doing some other Marvel movie. She didn't know she was filming for Spider-Man Homecoming. Right? I just, I, I don't know. I, don't, I'm, I might be biased. I, I would, be biased. I would also, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't a gripe to me, and I, but I don't understand where you come from with it. But the, the only counter argument I would have about Pepper Potts, right, and Gwyneth Paltrow, is that actually, given Tony Stark, right, and it, it you know, is it that he, he had to be so out there? Right, and so wild and so bachelor esque, right? That actually they needed to find an actress and they needed a character of Pepper Potts that was very centered, that that you know, you know, not too out there, not not didn't you can't detract away from I'm like Iron Man. That's where the focus, that's where the central focus mm. needed to be, right? It's a big film, and, and because we've not even got, may I add to my favourite person in the film, Obadiah. Oh, my God. Can we talk... Let's just talk about Obadiah right now. Jeff flipping bridges, mate. Oh, my God. Honestly, honestly, Jeff, absolutely wild. He steals it. I think he steals it. Oh, 100%. Jeff Bridges, if... I would almost at at parts beat um, Robert Downey Jr. in this film in terms I, of my favorite. I think movies. he does. I think he outacts him, and I think he 
He makes the most of every single scene. He is he is not your usual like villain. Um, so their scene, right? And I was looking at Obadiah, uh, well, Kevin Bridges' face, right? Literally, I'm going to say one word and one word only, right, Matt? Thanos. Thanos? Go on. I'm intrigued. Shape of Kevin Bridges' face. Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Kevin Bridges. <laughs> Kevin Bridges got a completely different face. <laughs> Imagine Kevin <laughs> me, me and you are not good at first names. I was just going to shit out there. That's about a fourth time. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Kevin Scott. He's <laughs> Kevin Bridges. I need to look at a picture of Kevin Bridges now because that has. Oh, Kevin, yeah. Kevin is he, Bridges. Is that a Scottish guy? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, could you... oh, we Kevin. Kevin Bridges. <laughs> Whoa, what the fuck, man? Thanos. 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 <laughs> Fucking Thanos. <laughs> anyway, go on, mate. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Um, the chit right, the chin on Jeff Bridges. If you have you got a photo of him, look right. You look at him when he was Obadiah, obviously now he's you know, old hat, but Obadiah. The, he literally has the structure of Thanos, right? The whole facial structure of Thanos, and it and the the threatening manner of which he talks and the de- he he's got quite a deep voice, but I love it. And he um, some of the things he said reminded me of Thanos, and immediately I was like, "Hang on a moment, hang on a damn moment." I had to look. I had to look up to make sure. I realised it wasn't Thanos. Uh, what's uh, the actor? You'll know. Um, Josh Brolin. That's it. Uh, so I, took it, I looked it up and I went, yeah, of course it's not him. But honestly, and then, right, so that was already in my mind and I was kind of doing some digging. There were a couple of, like, you know, Reddit conversations online where people have vaguely gone, oh, yeah, Obadiah, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then at the end, he hit right. Once uh, that, you know, uh, Gwyneth clicks the button, right, and the roof explodes, and then we just see, you know, it just go up, right? Mm-hmm. That suit with Obadiah goes up into the sky. I thought I was thinking this. I was like, that's quite an ominous death. It you is. don't really see him dead. And where's the, where's the first place we see Thanos? You think, all right, right. Are you saying Mate. that Obadiah transforms into the celestial Thanos? I'm saying, right, and this is this my my good old friend on Reddit, somewhere yeah. deep in the deep dark depths of Reddit said that Thanos, uh, it was all about alternate uh, universes, right? And when he mm. clicks his fingers, as a alternate, or, uh, and it jumping around here, who's to say that one of those isn't Obadiah becomes Thanos? That's a what-if episode, mate. That is, if, if ever I've heard one, that is a what-if episode. Could you, imagine Je- could you imagine Jeff Bridges as Thanos? Because I damn I- can. 100%, 100%, 100%. I 
Hundred percent. Though I have to admit, Josh Brolin was pretty fucking good. Oh, he's, summer, he's fantastic. But, um, I'm, I'm just going to leave that there. I mean, I mean uh, that's that's pretty outstanding. I, 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 I do. And this is the thing. I think the reason why we're putting Jeff Bridges over so much is that he is that good, and he was that good in the film. And I think we need to see more of what happened if that is his death fine if in in this linear universe that we are currently in in the mcu i know right now the multiverse is being opened up for us which is not confusing at all but we're loving it but equally if this is the universe that we're living in then then can we just see the moments between howard stark's death Mm. and and obadiah taking over and putting a young tony stark under his wing and seeing tony stark go through this bachelor life and being ridiculously clever and coming up with these just getting glimpse of the the iron man before you know everything that's happened and just seeing obadiah as well kind of this kind of evil kind of like game of thrones-esque Mm. you know power he wants the throne right he wants the throne to stark industries i yeah i just feel like there's legs in that and i feel like that's something that for me as much as i flipping love this movie that was the one thing i was like i just wish there was more of that why is bruce banner doing this this seems like a stressful environment if he's trying to sort of be all calm and kosher and he's learning about jujitsu and there's those shots of him trying to you know learn about his breath and his breathing and, and, and you know all those kind of things sort of meditative kind of like techniques he's trying to learn while he's there i get that okay that's fine but he's working in a stressful environment mate cut yeah. that out for starters dude what get work in a cafe you've not like, started what? yourself right there but then again but then again my the only thing i would agree if he worked in a cafe public facing He's what he has got himself into a scenario where he's working, you know, in the least public he's, place. He's smart being an accountant, then. I mean, to be honest, he probably wasn't thinking like, I don't know, uh, it's how long are we in? He's been there for 200 days, isn't he? So he's been there for less than a yeah. year. So, I mean, <laughs> his ambition might be to go for accountant, but I he's, don't know how quite quickly you go from scientist to, to accountant. Hello, Mr. Banner. I'd like you to be my accountant, please. Uh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, your, your taxes are all messed up. Uh, they're, they're making me quite angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. See, that doesn't happen. You won't see that happening, right? You don't see accountants getting angry, really. Why isn't he a masseuse? Which, I mean, that's, that's relaxing. Oh, yeah. He's strong as well. He, you know, he's, he's still got the gamma radiation inside him, so he I can mean, still... Do a good firm massage. If he like, is, if he is working on your back and he accidentally turns into the Hulk, I mean, could you? You like, fucking imagine those a, big thumbs thought, going into your spine. I've had, a, I've had a Thai massage and that was fucking. That was bad enough. But if Hulk stood on your back, I mean, you'd die. But <laughs> I okay. think General Ross and Betty Ross, both of them, both of the Rosses worst acting in the entire film. Wow. Really? Honestly, William Hurt, absolutely, like, ludicrous caricature. Really? Hoot, 
too much of a, it, it just from moment at, the whole reason I loved Obadiah was you had light and shade and you could see this guy had the persona, he had the public, like it. And I know he, this guy, I know he's playing a general and I know that's different. It's a completely different world, completely. But oh my God, it's just character. Like it, it's just the guy would have another persona, whether that's in the army or outside of it, with his daughter, with, with like the whole time. He's it's just the same character throughout, right? He, like, but even at the end, when we try and see a little bit of humanity from him, I just don't think there there was enough humanity put into that character but is but also is that just the writing of the film because i i would say i i and i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with you there okay because i think it is the writing thunderbolt ross and betty ross i think are the two best characters in the movie from my point of view betty now i i think i think the the performances you're hating out of Liv Tyler. Now I'm a bit biased. I am a Liv Tyler fan. All right. Gwyneth Paltrow can get in the in the bin, but Liv Tyler can stay on the top shelf in terms of biggest fans over here. All right. Lord of the Rings, all that, you know, right? Aerosmith. Oh, Liv Tyler and Lord of the Rings. Great. I can get on board with Liv Tyler. But in this film, Liv Tyler has has about as much charisma. I got a question then for you, mate. I got a question. Okay, before yeah. you talk about her charisma and slate her charisma, <laughs> right? If if we got the introduction you know, in terms of the origin and setup of the movie in half an hour, like we spoke about, yeah, would you enjoy the character and her performance more? Potentially, I I I feel with her, it's not the story. It was the acting. It it was. I I don't. I don't feel like she'd given herself parameters of a character enough. Wait, you... this, is the thing, this is the thing. She, she, we're disagreeing here, right? I, I say this with love, mate. But this is the writing. Because, because she is playing the emotional states of where her character should be, right? Mm. She loves this guy. He went and exiled himself. Right. And she pushed, you know, she got pushed away from him and she's still in love with him. And then all of a sudden he comes back. And obviously there's this scene where Phil Dumphy's in it. She's oh, Phil Dumphy. Well, we're going to get to Phil Dumphy. Dumphy. And she sees Bruce, Bruce over his shoulder and sort of rushes out. She, she's all kind of caught up in the moment and emotional. And she sees them again. And you just feel that tension and that hurt. That emotion is there because that's where it should be for the character but it's not explained at all or justified in the film because the origin and the backstory of which we got in a minute and a half in the opening credits isn't enough for the audience to get and to understand and to invest in. So I, I, I think it's the right, I, I, I don't think, I know it's the writing <laughs> because Liv Tyler, bless her, bless her con socks, really went for it, I think, in the role as best as she probably could knowing how troublesome the script was. If you're in an Iron Man movie, uh, if you're in an Iron Man suit, you're going to feel cool. If you make, how would you feel if you were stand, if you were inside an Iron Man suit? I'd feel hot, probably. A bit, a bit. <laughs> Just a bit hot, a bit sweat, a bit clammy, a bit clammy. 
I mean, could I get edgy? Yeah, just a uh, tissue, please. Yeah, just wipe away. Yeah, no, lovely, lovely. Uh, but no, you, you'd feel you'd feel absolutely. <laughs> I've just got thoughts of you forgetting in it. You know, and you know that first person kind of view where he's got the it's all dark, he's got the screen, he's got a light on his face and all the stuff's around him and Jarvis and your face might be pressed right up against like the camera and Jarvis just like, Are you okay? Saying so like, Oh my 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 I can't even I can't even fit what's going on in here? What's going on? I gotta get you in an Iron Man seat now. Um, I, I'm sorry, Matt. I've got to go. Uh, I absolutely think Winif did a great job in this film, mate. And this is the moment where I'm going to say, and I, and I really, Gwen, Gwen, Gwyneth, Gwen. I really hope you're listening, Gwen, because I, I really do, and I want to say this to the bottom of my heart. I was wrong. <gasps> I was wrong about you. So Gwen. quickly. Gwen, what I what I saw in this movie was what I probably wanted to see in the first, but maybe there just wasn't enough running time for you. And I and I just want you, and that's not your that's not your fault. That's not that's not on you, Gwen. Okay. I know you don't make those decisions. That's all K Dog's, you know, choice. So I just want to apologize to you. And um yeah, and you know, I, I Gwen, it was a great Gwen, performance. Gwen, could I could I just interject here and say that from the start, I thought you were incredible. Uh, oh, I never, oh, I never, you know, I never second guessed, second thought your absolutely insane performance in the first film, and I thought this performance was just absolutely terrific. So you know, I just want to. <laughs> it's an absolute sham what you said about. I honest, no, honestly, and I, I think this is it. I went, when I watched it and I was like, uh, okay, she is actually good. And they have, get, they gave her much more screen time in this film and they fleshed out her role so much more. And the, and the relationship between Pepper Potts and Tony Stark is actually quite unconventional in blockbuster films in terms of a romantic story arc. Yeah. They play it really well and they got to explore that a little bit more. And for that, I apologize. That's true. Right. If you if you had those whips, if you had that suit on, what would be the first thing you whip in half? What would you want to whip in half? Because it does look quite you know when you see those videos of like that like somebody cutting sand, like yeah. a block of sand, and you're like, oh, that's really relaxing. That's why like, I like those cakes that are like objects. Yeah, so like you might have a mug that is a cake, and they and then you through. cut it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, you know, if you had that to to a larger extent, what would you want to chop uh, in half? Out of all of the questions I thought you might ask me about this film, <laughs> that has genuinely stumped me. What would I? What? Oh, I know. Have, have you got? Have you got something? I think I do. Oh yeah, what's that? Mine. <laughs> Mine would be a tank. Because <laughs> something you feel like is naturally quite impenetrable, and you, you, you th I'd assume that could go through pretty much anything because it went through an F1 car, like sliced bread. Yeah. So I'd go <laughs> like that, straight through a tank, and be like, yeah, my whips. <laughs> I would do like, um, I would put like, 
either like a big barrel full of fuel. So basically something that was set alight. So I'd want to whack it in half and then there's just a burning inferno left. That would excite <laughs> me. That's nice. That I would like excite me. Maybe, maybe, oh, do you know what, right? You know, you go to a uh, petrol station. Yeah. And he'd, I would just use the whiplash. I'd go, you know, above the roof. So you've got all the little, all the filling up refueling stations and you've got that piece of roof above it, right? Just in case your car gets wet. No one wants a wet car or a wet, yeah. wet fuel. <laughs> and uh, have your little roof, right? On the forecourt. I would just absolutely batter that in half. All of the pet, all of the petrol refueling stations explode. Cars go up in, in flames. I walk away like an absolute fucking... Mate. I like that. Yeah. That's uh, good. And it, do, you know what, do you know what I'd do before? Quickly go into the uh, garage shop, get a bag of Quavers, and I'd walk away. <laughs> get some Quavers! <sighs> Sorry, I can hear random bangs in my room, in my house. Oh. It's, I, I really hope it. It's really weird. Right, so so where I record is just behind a conservatory, and sometimes you can sort of hear the tree sort of brush against the Ooh. conservatory side, and I'm always cutting it down. I'm always cutting it back, trying to get it out of the way. But literally, I heard the loudest thud while you were talking talking there, and I was like, oh shit. My my youngest is awake, right? Because it's like it's like twenty to nine in the evening, and I'm the only parent in the house. Ooh. But it's not. I think it was just a, either a, la- a large cat. Oh, that's another thud. What the fuck? Sorry, mate. Sorry, I I, I proper I lost track there. <laughs> Do you hear that barking? What the fuck is going on? I'm gonna have to check it out in a minute. Do you, Do you want to go and check it out now, mate? Yeah, I'm gonna go check it out. Is that right? <laughs> this is the, got got to say the spookiest start to a uh, podcast. Isn't it? But there you go. It is a bit anonymous. Anonymous. So, shall I keep recording to see if anything happens? Well, yeah, yeah. This I might have to use this as evidence. You might. You might actually. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's true. Right. Hang on. He has just absolutely pelted it across the background there, ladies and gents. Absolutely pelted it. Oh, he's come straight back. I think we're right. Oh. Whatever it is, it's spooking out the dogs. So, <laughs> uh, I am going. Sorry, Matt. I've got to call you out there. Uh, Matt just <laughs> mute. He just muted himself to do what could only be described as the biggest fucking burp I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was so loud. We have this kind of setup with the frost giants being okay. These are the bad people within within this realm um and uh we get to the moment where thor gets coronated or is to be coronated um and he has a big procession he's coming down all heroic loving life look at me i'm thor gets down on one knee and then he kind of there's this shot and where it's a close-up and he just looks up at odin you can see him looking up and we're kind of looking at thor's reaction and all i am distracted by is his blonde eyebrows the, the 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 worst fake eyebrows i've ever seen in my life and yeah and i was like oh he's not as good looking as he should be <laughs> in this movie <laughs> i was like which is a shame okay 
I just look. All right, that's so one take. My my admiration and man crush that I have for Chris Hemsworth was not fulfilled. <laughs> was satisfied in this movie. That's all I'm saying. Fucking right. hell! I know you. I know you said that you might be looking too in depth in this film, but that is just you know <laughs> that's the taking the fucking piss. That is, mate. Me. Prior to that, we got to do a Stanley tribute. Can't can't yes, jump we do. Thank you very much. So uh, well Stanley, uh, there was a group of um, I don't know what you describe them as thugs or just opportunists who are trying to get uh, yeah basically trying to get Thor's hammer, aren't they? They're trying to take it away. Uh, they mm-hmm. realise it's it's very strong. You can't possibly take it. Um, and Stanley is in the car uh, and he's trying to drag the hammer using the the force of his car. Uh, and he says, "Did it work?" And he looks at the back of his car, very happy, very excited with himself. And he went, did it work? Love him. Bless him. Bless him. Love him. He's not dead, see? As in the character Stanley. Stanley is dead, unfortunately. What a way way to bring that down. That went really dark pretty quickly. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to need a swig of my rum to get over that. Um, you, You know, in the synopsis, it was talking about Captain America. So Steve Rogers is a original physical form. Shall we? Can we? Before we start going into the movie in depth, I want us to sort of talk about that. What was that visual for you like? Now watching it back, now kind of things are kind of developed. I think in terms of visual effects. So uh, I didn't mind it. However, there is one scene where he is sat in the back of the car uh, next to Peggy and it is absolutely ludicrous. It 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 really upsets me a little bit. In just in, in terms of like you know we were saying there's not many gripes in this movie, but this is really the one and only main gripe that I have and it is just how that physically and visually is represented in terms of the the weedy Steve Rogers. Yes, he's he's meant to look weak, and he's meant to look inferior. At, but like there are other ways of doing it. He, and I and I think the 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 double the double the body double. That's what I was trying to say. The body double that they used just didn't fit with his head, with his face, and them imposing his face and head on on top of that body. Um, it, it it was yeah, it was flipping three moves, but still, surely there must have been enough money there to literally just allow him to go on a massive diet, which caused him to be yeah. thin, and then go on yeah. a massive, you know, personal trainer six months to bulk up. Like, li- literally, cannot understand how that was not possible during the process. Well, let's be honest. So, what we're doing here is we actually are already questioning Chris Evans is his commitment to the character because let's let's be honest if this was christian bale oh yeah he would have he would have lost 100 pounds and gained it back on for the role Mm. wouldn't he you know he would have done that because he's done it in the past right he's done it in the past for other roles but yeah anyway but let's go let's get straight into it uh before we do i'm doing a little bit of scratch beneath the surface matt did you know mm. this film was first in discussion to be made in the late 90s? What? And in the early no. 2000s, Marvel were in discussion to create this film 
in roughly, don't quote me on this, about 2005. So my my feeling is that Marvel actually wanted this one to be the opening film, thus making the chronology of the Marvel Universe make more sense. Whoa, that's huge. That's massive. Yeah. So is it we could have seen Howard Stark before we... You know, even met Mr. Tony Stark. That's huge because, like, if just thinking, if you kind of introduced a Captain America first, that would have changed the whole trajectory of how we probably perceive Iron Man as a character. Exactly. Um, but yeah, they are. So they they're on this kind of double date, and Steve Rogers isn't really feeling it. He kind of backs himself out of it. Mm. Um, he's gone. Look, you know, he kind of walks away and he sees himself in a reflection of uh, a soldier you know you get those kind of things where you have a hole in the head and you put your head through it and you kind of see that so he's in that sort of reflection and he's kind of like off kilter he's just a bit too short for his head to fit through this reflection and he's like wow this is the epitome of how i'm feeling right now all he wants to do is enlist to do his bit he wants to serve his country everybody else around him is he's like i have nothing other than this need to 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 serve and protect and he wants to do that and and his physicality his health isn't allowing him to do that which is uh, a real shame and i think actually it's an interesting start to a movie because you're like oh, well in modern terms you're like well there are other things to do yeah yeah and i, I think but if you think back then you can understand yeah and i think i think you know by that point you're probably thinking as enough having enough people around you said you know what mate maybe this isn't for you mate you just come on come on come on mate let's have a look at other jobs here steve 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 what about going into being a masseuse you know there's a guy <laughs> and a, a many years time called bruce the masseuse yeah who's gonna be there <laughs> to take on your reins He's gonna need some. He's gonna need some serious pointers because he's got very, very thick thumbs. He can deal with your nimble fingers and your <laughs> your delicate ways. Um, and it, it, but it's about this time in the film with Steve, tiny Steve, tiny Rogers, um, where I go. It, you almost feel like you're about to hear a comical kid's voice come out of him. Yeah, I really yeah. loved it. Hello, Bucky. Hello. And it's just ludicrously small, and it seems it seems to get smaller in every single scene as well. I don't think it's the actual storyline, right? And the, and what we what we have to believe in as <laughs> you're like, what's happening? Uh, sorry, mate. I just I gulped my whiskey. Yep, and it went up my nose a little oh. bit. Honestly, Matt, 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 I'm gonna, Matt. I'm gonna go in again. I'm gonna go in again. I'm going in for a second tipple just because, just because I want to. That's it. <laughs> no other reason. Anyway, oh fuck, I dropped things. Right, uh... carry, sorry, sorry, sorry. Carry on. Um, I really, I really introduct. I was the worst podcasting assistant. That, that's then. I, I'm so sorry. But also, we see Nick Fury. Here he is again. Good old Nick yeah. turning up. Yeah. 
He goes, you've been asleep, Cap. Exactly like that. Delivered exactly like that. That old bastard. That old wily bastard, Nick Fury. Oh, you bastard. Hey there, Captain America, you bastard. Always, is this Quaver Man or Captain America? Or even Laser Search? Uh, Nick fucking Fury. Oh, what a man. Yes. So, almighty exchange between himself. And almighty him. exchange, absolutely. But like, yeah, then you know, Nick Fury says you've been asleep, Cap, and then he kind of. I think Captain America takes takes it very well. The fact that he's been asleep for what 40, 50 plus years, seventy years, mm. seventy years, and um, he's like, oh, okay, oh, have I, I've, uh, for that, oh, okay, oh. I was I was meant to have a dance. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the first thing that comes to your head, mate. Yeah. I mean, if that was, if that was Quaver Man, how would Quaver Man react to being frozen for seventy years? Yeah. I tell you what, he's got about. He... I've been I've been asleep for how many fucking? So, what? No. What? Seventy. <laughs> What? And it was freaked. What out. are you eating? Quite just a, a, a very loud bag, very loud, very loud bag of quavers. Yeah, have you ever eaten a bag of quavers, Matt? Mate, honestly, I have, mate, and I don't make that noise. Oh, you've not had the right bag of fucking quavers, then, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you get yourself a decent bag of quavers, you'll be all the way home. How do I sound? How do I sound? Oh, you. <laughs> Matt, mate, you sound absolutely fantastic, mate. This is this is new territory. Got a brand new mic. I feel like I've leveled up. I feel like we've got to Avengers. We're at the final phase one, and I've leveled up, mate. I've got a brand new mic. It's got a brand new microphone, and the only way I knew how to react to that was to try and go one better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I am I am currently you know, talking through what can only be described as the most ludicrously sized stand you've ever seen in your life. Which I, I, I got this stand for my birthday. I was like, oh yeah, quality, that's great shout. Then I realised that the table that I do the podcast from it isn't the type of table you can put a stand on because it goes all the way back. Yep. So it's yeah, too chunky. It's a chunky monkey of a table, right? So I've had to use the window ledge. <laughs> She's right in the other part of the room. <laughs> what a setup you've got! What a setup, mate! I don't and... think you could go beyond any other level now. You've got everything. You've got everything you need. Uh, we see they've got the tesseract. Um, uh, Doctor Selvig joins us. Joins us again. Yeah, he does. Uh, he joins us, uh, and they're they're quite worried, aren't they? Because there's a lot of energy going on with this tesseract. Lots of energy, lots of blue, lovely lights. I do you know what I re- <laughs> this sounds really silly. I like the color of it. I just, I just really like the color of the tesseract. <laughs> There's that really lovely sky blue, but then what, the way it kind of moves, you get the deep kind of blues in there and everything. I've always, wa- I genuinely, I've always wanted to own like a replica version of that. Oh, that kind yeah. of lights and I know there's got there's got to be a few of those out there, but like I've always wanted to own a tesseract in its complete size. Yeah, so, so this is Cap, isn't it? Captain America's bit. We have a bit of a flashback, don't we? Uh, I don't think it's needed personally, but you know we get the flashback. You know up until the point that he is um, 
submerged in ice. Um, and then he punches that, you know, he punches that um, boxing bag and it flies out, which actually I think is a nod. Did you, were you a fan of Buffy, by the way? <clears throat> Buffy? Buffy uh, Vampire Slayer. Not an active fan. I saw a couple of episodes. I think it's a nod to uh, a scene in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they punch the uh, uh, fucking. Oh, I can't talk. Punching the boxing bag and it flies out of the way. And I think is that. Yes, because Joss Whedon directed Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, uh... as he did this movie as well. Um, but yeah, we see we see Captain America have this moment with Nick Fury. We see him about you know going look, I need you. And now's the time. Gives him the file. The file was about the Tesseract. Um, and in Nick Fury, upon Captain America's exit, goes, "Is there anything we should know about this Tesseract?" He said, "Yep, you should have left it in the ice." Ooh, I was like, "Okay, all right." He's a, a bit little, angry about this. Oh, a okay. little bit salty. A little bit of a Ooh. salty reply. Oh, chill out, Cap. And, the and then, <laughs> and then we cut to uh iron man under the sea <sighs> under the sea iron man's doing iron man stuff under the sea <laughs> <laughs> um no that that was the toy and I, I least expected from this episode i uh <laughs> i didn't see that coming at all uh well that, there we go but this i think this scene matt favorite yep. scene of the film favorite scene of the film i think uh, I just, I love it. He walks in. All of the the floor as, absorbs his armor as he's like mm-hmm. walking in. He sees Pepper Potts. You kind of reestablish that relationship again. Mm. Um, oh, she's uh, so good. She's great. Oh, oh, oh no, she's brilliant. Favorite, <laughs> favorite, favorite character in the whole MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Gwen, 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 you listen? Yeah, you're great. You're great. You're up, you're up there, Gwen. It's good. It's all good. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm going to say this for the uh, second time, Gwen, that I never doubted you. I never second guessed uh, that you were a very substantial character and a fantastic uh, hero. In, in Not even a hero, but you are my hero in phase one. Thank you. Um, but again, a giddy moment for me was the moment where Thor and Iron Man fight. Like it was just oh, so good. So I'm gonna I'm I'm cutting in there, Matt, with a possible gripe of mine, right? Because oh. so Iron Man and Thor don't get on at this point. No, right? they don't. Now Iron Man associates Thor to all the like lots of trouble that's going on, right? Uh-huh. Now. I don't understand that because Stark spent the whole night reading loads of notes about all of his, you know, fellow Avengers. On those notes, it would have said that Thor pretty much saved Earth by killing the Demolisher, right? In the events of the Thor film, Thor did many an act that saved many a person, many a village, you know, whatever. Um, Now... So I don't really quite get the aggression from Iron Man to Thor at that point. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a fight with Thor? I, I, <laughs> no? It's not the argument I thought you were going to take. but <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, who, who wouldn't want 
to take on Thor with the anticipation of potentially getting a little cuddle out of him. No? Anyone? You know, just 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 sort of like run in for a rugby tackle and then just don't let go. Just sort of hold on for a little bit. And just sort of squeeze into his waist a little bit and then go, maybe... <laughs> Maybe just squeeze and just sort of smell his cape, and then and then and then go. All right, yeah, you, you got me, God of Thunder. You got me. No, I've zero words, uh, but that is that. Is That's just me, just me. No, and then my next thing would be. So you've decided to dye your eyebrows? <laughs> yeah, they're not blonde anymore. They all assemble back at the point where. The portal is opened up. So basically, Dr. Selvig uh, returns and he is at the top of the uh, Stark Tower. And we see that he is using the energy that Stark, uh, from the element that Stark is using in the Stark Tower, to source and power up the Tesseract to open up the portal for the Shatari or the, the Enter the Shatari. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. That's the oh top of material God. I'm here for. Oh. oh, it's a good bit of business. Oh. It's a good bit of business. Oh, we'll, oh. We'll, see you, we'll see you in phase two. That is. Oh. See yourself out there, Matt. That is golden, mate. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening to another episode of Don't Be a Hero podcast. If you have any comments, feedback, or any thoughts, email us at don't be a hero podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other streaming platforms for future content. And to keep up to date on all things Don't Be a Hero, follow us on our Instagram or our TikTok at Don't Be a Hero Podcast. We'll see you there.